Hey, entrepreneurs, it's Steph here. Do you want to experience what it's like to be part of our Entrepreneurial League community of founders? Now is your chance. New member open enrollment begins on June 10th, and so does our Experience Week. I really want you to have the opportunity to experience what it's like to be part of the most supportive community that will be here to support you at all stages of your business journey during our Experience Week. This will be a five-day virtual event series, and it starts on Monday, June 10th through Friday, June 14th. You're going to get access to live networking and learning events, business growth strategies, as well as office hours with Kim Perel, who is a CEO and serial entrepreneurista, as well as a prominent angel investor. You will also get access to a session on how to win grants with Kat Weaver and Katie Dunn, founders of Power to Pitch. Plus, our mentor, Carrie Kirpin, will be teaching a session all about how to build a profitable business that can sell for more money. And of course, I'll be hosting two info and networking sessions where you can really get an inside look at all of the exclusive benefits and resources that are offered only inside of our Entrepreneurs League community. Plus, you'll have the chance to meet and build relationships with current members. You can register today for Experience Week over at entrepreneurs.com forward slash experience week. That's entrepreneurs.com forward slash experience week to join us for a week of free virtual events. I cannot wait to meet you and be part of your business journey. You don't have to come from a place of fear because you are the only woman in the room when you're at these big meetings. If anything, I think the mind your mindset is everything. And if you really go into those meetings or those conversations knowing what you can contribute and being very confident about that and doing it in a very graceful way. After working as a hairstylist for 20 years, Carolyn Aronson knew she could create a better hair care product line that tackled different hair concerns all at once. This inspired the launch of It's a 10, which she built organically into the empire it is today. You're about to hear how she started off by offering free samples in the early days to get the word out, to buying out her partner, and finally expanding into the full head-to-toe It's a 10 experience, including makeup and hair tools. Coming up, Carolyn shares how she accidentally fell into product management, how experiencing failure with her first business motivated her to keep going. She shares tips on how to buy out your partner and why shareholder and operating agreements are so important. Why she is a firm believer in organic traction and the power of a passionate influencer. And finally, she shares how she manages motherhood as a mama of five and running her business. This is the Entrepreneurista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. We are so excited to be here with you to talk all about your incredible entrepreneurista journey. You have been an entrepreneurista for quite a while now, and we know you have so many stories to share, but I'd love for you to take us back to the beginning and what sparked the idea behind your product line, It's a 10. 
Well, thank you for having me. Um, interestingly enough, It's a 10 was really born out of probably my 20 years within the hair industry and standing behind the chair and owning a salon, my frustrations within the hair product world. So that was really led to kind of the mindset behind the product lines. But I really accidentally fell into product manufacturing. I had sold my salon and, you know, gotten married and, and really kind of given up doing hair on a full-time basis. And uh, at the time, my, my husband, who is now my ex-husband, um, at the time, he was working a hair product manufacturing uh, job. So he kind of said, let's make our own line. I was like, all right, we'll give it a try. You know, we gave it a try. We lost everything that we uh, owned pretty much. We put all our money into our first company and it failed and we got divorced. And then with our last few dollars, we tried it again with it's a 10. We started with closeout bottles and one, one skew, which is our miracle leave-in product, um, which now we sell, I mean, over 14 million bottles a year of that particular wow. skew. That's how I migrated into hair product manufacturing, which is just kind of a really ironic journey, but it was a really natural fit for me. And three years ago, I bought my partner out. So Dang. now I'm the sole owner. What were the learnings from what you call failing at that first business? Yeah, I mean, it was a big failure. I think the thing that I learned most of all was one, you don't have to do it all yourself. You really need to, you know, at that time we were doing everything very a la carte and to get all of those manufacturing features to simultaneously come together perfectly with many different vendors was a nightmare. And we, we had um, QC issues, which are quality control issues, you know, labels bubbling. We had sprayers not spraying. We had products shooting out, viscosity issues. I mean, there was just a lot of things that went wrong with the initial line. And we, I think we tried to do too much too fast. We launched with nine different products. That's a lot for your initial first launch. So a lot of learning lessons there. Um, learned how to work smarter, not harder. And um, really learn how to find companies and vendors that maybe had multiple things and services under one roof. So you weren't scattering as much and they could offer you more services to help you actually bring your, your vision together. When you launched that first company, did you bootstrap the business? Was it with your own funds? Did you raise money that first time? No, we, we actually took all of our own money to start the company. We had like sold a house. We had some other money. We pulled everything together. Really, there was, there was only one point where we actually took out a small business loan for $50,000, um, which we ended up paying back. But um, otherwise, it was completely self-funded. And then that business failed, but you went right on to start the next business. We did. What was that like? You know, how, how did you do that? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I think we both really had a passion for the industry and we both really felt that we could succeed. And I loved what I did. I absolutely learned that I love to be a hair product manufacturer. It was, it was a really, um, I was still in my industry. I was still making people feel beautiful, but just in a different way. So it was a really smooth transition for me. And I just really, really enjoyed it. So I had no qualms about jumping in and doing it again. I actually 
thought I could succeed. So I did. Did you start the business again with your ex-husband or a new partner? We were already divorced and yes, we did. (laughs) (laughs) So, so that was an interesting journey, but um, we actually were in business for 10 years before we actually parted ways. We made it work. I think we both really loved what we did and that was the main thing. So, um, and we really kind of stuck to our categories and what we did as well. So I think that helped a lot. He was more outside sales and marketing and I definitely ran like the entire inner office. I did all of the designing. I created all the products. So we were in really pretty different categories. So I think that that helped in our ability to really work together. Now, the second time, did you fund the business yourself again, going into the next iteration of the business? I did. And that was a really interesting journey because initially after the 10 years, we thought we were going to sell and um, a lot of crazy things went on and that didn't work out. So in order for our company to survive, I kind of had to find a way to buy them out. And I did, which is a really interesting process because it's basically starting over again. Um, It's taking a company that had zero debt on it and putting massive debt back on it. So you pretty much are starting over. And and on top of it, to think that a 10-year-old hair care brand, it can be really, really risky. And people just get wind that, you know, things are happening within the company. And there's just a lot of chance there when you do something like that. But once again, I really had some ideas, how I wanted to change things, different directions that I wanted to bring the company. And I also just absolutely loved what I, what I did. I, I really looked forward to having that opportunity to bring the company in a direction that I kind of had always envisioned it going in anyway. Did you and your husband have an operating agreement? We actually did have a shareholders agreement, yes really, really, really important. Anytime you're in business with someone, especially if it's a 50-50% ownership, which we were, it's crucial that you have really solid contracts and agreements. And listen, we never thought it would get this big. I'm really glad that we did have agreements in place that really helped us navigate through some of those, those hard times. Because even with contracts, right, people can still challenge them. I mean, it can still become a nightmare, but ultimately those contracts tend to guide what really should happen, even if people want something else to happen. So um, they're they're super, super important. I recommend that everybody make sure that they, um, even when you're a smaller company, you know, you have to remember we, like I said, we never expected it to get quite this big. So when we were smaller, we did put these shareholder agreements in place and it's a good thing we did. So a lot to think about when you start a company. Make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's. Think about those days that maybe things might be a little different than you could ever imagine and what that could look like. And just make sure that everyone is involved in the process and protected. Can you share tips just based on your, your learnings for anyone looking to buy out their business partner? How do you approach that conversation? And uh, if you can share any tips on how to structure that type of arrangement. Well, hopefully, like I said, your initial shareholder agreement has some type of language about that process within the actual shareholder agreement from the very beginning. Um, It's really important that that 
language is there and that the options are clearly spelled out. Understand that you, if you want to buy your partner out, they equally have the right to buy you out. If you are going to go in and request that, understand they may turn around and request the same from you. And if that's the case, you have to be willing and able to accept that. So it's really, if you are going to do that, um, my tip would be make sure that you have your money where your mouth is. Don't just talk, be prepared. Have your, have your funds lined up, have your plan lined up, have your timeline of execution lined up, have all of your legal papers lined up and go in there very solid. And maybe within your initial shareholder agreements, when you actually structure these agreements, you might want to put um, very clear stipulations to the process in the actual shareholders agreement. If someone does offer to buy someone out, it has to be a certain amount of money. It has to be within a certain amount of time because, you know, people can play games. So it's just really important that things are very clear and lined up. What is your vision for the future of It's a 10? Where are you going to take this company now that you, you own it all? Really the future of It's a 10, once I became sole owner of it, was to um, really expand the product lines to create a head-to-toe It's a 10 experience. We created um, hair tools, hair extensions. We just launched a makeup line. Um, really creating that simple, easy-to-use, multifunctional products into different categories so that people get that same instant result. And also we're, we're expanding distribution. I changed distribution nationwide and I also am going um, international. So I'm going worldwide. I also created an um, e-commerce platform. And whereas our company didn't have one before and thank goodness I did because when COVID hit, oh my we were up roaring ready to go. So that was another huge way that I was looking you know, forward to actually change the, the company is through distribution. What platform did you decide to use when you launched your e-commerce site? Um, so we actually use Shopify and we have um, an in-house IT team that we, you know, I immediately brought it all in-house to build everything out and um, to really keep control and, and to really stay on top of how I present the brand in the e-commerce world, because it's very, very important to me. Absolutely. We actually have used Shopify for some of our products and many of our clients, and we, we absolutely love their platform. It's, it's so easy to use. So def- definitely a good one when you're, when you're looking to build out e-commerce. And how did the pandemic and everything that's happened over the past year impact your business? And when did you get your website up? Did you say it was right before everything happened? Yeah, it was actually, thank goodness, a couple of years before. So um, as soon as I became sole owner of the company, I started building it out and tweaking it. And it took a few tweaks and actually um, starting just all the marketing behind it. It's very, very expensive. Um, I was having a heart attack as I was getting all those bills and I wasn't getting the returns initially. But um, those extra couple of years of having that under my belt when COVID hit was a huge plus because obviously as people couldn't get it in salons, they immediately could go to our website. And I'll tell you another, another big part of it is, is the shipping aspect. I mean, we had to try a few different places where we were shipping from in order to make sure that we were getting the proper service. And that took a few minutes too, you know, to really get that fine tuned. So thank goodness that was up and running. 
Is e-commerce a big part of your business now? It is. It's actually a huge part of our business. And we're like growing at like 300% a year. It's insane. And I think we're doing close to 12 million a year in e-commerce just within those few years. So it is, and it's growing constantly. You know, it's just the way of the world. Things are changing. And I think it's so important for the consumer to be able to go onto your e-commerce site and really get the information they need, get to really understand the differences between the products and what they mean and the ingredients. And people are sponges with all that now. So it's, it's really, I think it's a great aspect of our industry, truthfully. Do you have any marketing tips to share on how to drive traffic to your website? I think, you know, there are so many different ways you can do it. Honestly, I'm a firm believer in a lot of, a lot of that organic, you know, having influencers and having people that just use and try and love and show and the YouTube and just that, that really organic passion behind the products, I think is ultimately the, the best way to drive people to your website. Um, Yes, we do Facebook ads. Yes, we do all the other type of, you know, Google and all the other type of different ways to connect with the public. But I don't think there's anything better than a really heartfelt person using the product, excited about it and showing it. So I think that's really a great way to connect is is building that whole social um, support through influencers. And, And we do a ton of free sampling. I built this entire company on free sampling, truthfully. In the beginning, when we had no money, we gave out millions of bottles of the, the four ounce leave-in. And when I was up against, you know, the L'Oreal's and the Procter and Gamble's and those massive companies, and I was a little nobody, I would give them out to hairdressers. And that's how we built the company. Next up, you'll hear about Carolyn's experience getting in front of the camera and becoming the face of the company. Hi, entrepreneurs! You know I am always here to provide you with as much value as possible. So I wanted to be sure that you have access to the Entrepreneurista Agenda, our weekly newsletter where we share the latest business news, success stories, grant opportunities, as well as all of our favorite resources and special offers for founders just like you. You can sign up to join our weekly newsletter and join over 50,000 other entrepreneurs over at entrepreneurs.com forward slash newsletter. That's entrepreneurs.com slash newsletter to subscribe to the Entrepreneurista Agenda. Carolyn, I know you've come up with very unique ways to market your products in the hair care industry. Can you share a little bit more about some of these fun things that you've done over the years? Yeah, we really kind of have gone where they don't go. And I think that that not only has been really fun, I think it's really brought attention to the brand, but I think it's been um, helped us connect with um, consumers that maybe we wouldn't have normally connected with. So um, we created a national holiday called 1010 Day. It's October 10. Every year we celebrate it and we're actually starting to celebrate it not only worldwide, but other brands are starting to celebrate it, which is exciting. So um, every year we give out either tons of products. We've done grants, special grants. Last year we were in Good Morning America and gave three people $10,000 that were hairdressers that made um, special contributions to either society or they, they were doing something really special. Like one woman was, was a hairdresser that became a nurse and helped people with COVID. She gave up 
her job behind the chair. And so just things like that. So we also flew a balloon. Uh, it's a 10 balloon over Coachella. <laughs> gave away leave in that way. We um, had a, a NASDAQ. We, we did a billboard on the NASDAQ building in New York City in Times Square, gave out leave in that way. So we just do really fun, engaging things that bring attention to the brand. And the very first year, I did a Super Bowl ad. I'm the first professional hair care brand to have ever done, indie owned, to ever have done a Super Bowl ad. So that's how I came out of the gate. So every year we do something really unique and, and engaging and fun. How do you come up with these ideas? Do these all come from you or is it a team brainstorm? My husband now, who we've been married for five and a half years, he is a marketing genius. Um, he's a serial entrepreneur himself. Um, we actually love working together. <laughs> <laughs> he is probably one of the most, Forbes voted him five years in a row, marketer of the year. So wow. he's brilliant. Yeah, his name is Jeff Aronson. That's his forte. He's just uh, really, really smart and creative at creating ways to to build not only the brand, but me. You know, when we first initially agreed to work together, because we were leery, he actually said to me, I'll only do it if you come out from behind the curtain, Oz. <laughs> so, so basically, you know, I had really, no one even knew I owned this company for the first 10 years of me owning it. No one even knew I designed everything. So he said, you have to become the Martha Stewart of the beauty industry. And if you're willing to do that, I have a lot of great ideas. And so here we are. Were you uh, scared to get out in front of the, in front of the camera and be the face of the company? You know, it's, it's interesting because of course, initially I definitely had I had some of that fear and he even had like someone, he had a speaking, you know, um, coach come over one time to her house. And, but, you know, once I started doing it, it was a really natural fit for me. I had been in this industry. I mean, I'm now 38 years in this industry. It is such a passion for me and a natural fit that I think things just kind of, they kind of just flowed. What is it like being in this industry, the beauty industry that many people don't even realize is mostly run by men. And here you are, this incredible, fierce female founder doing such incredible things. What has it been like over the years? You know, it's been, it's definitely been an interesting journey. I think especially the first 10 years, I think it had a lot to do with why I was kind of behind the curtain more. And I think I've learned a lot and I've learned that you don't have to come from a place of fear because you are the only woman in the room when you're at these big meetings. If anything, I think the mind, your mindset is everything. And if you really go into those meetings or those conversations, knowing what you can contribute and being very confident about that and doing it in a very graceful way, you know, um, we don't, we don't have to, um, you know, come off as, as, as they say, the bitch, <laughs> you know, it's not even necessary to do that, to get your point across or, or to come off as, as somebody who has to be more aggressive to show, you know, your position. There's a lot of ways to get your point across and you can do it gracefully and really kind of, you know, make your mark without having to flex, so to speak. So yeah, I, you know, after all these years, I, I've realized I'm justified. You know, when you get to that point in your life, you aren't intimidated by, by a room full of men. 
And plus I grew up with three older brothers, so <laughs> I'm sure that had something to do with it. I probably wasn't too intimidated anyway. <laughs> How big is your team now? I've always run a very, very lean and mean company, so to speak. We currently have 14 full-time employees. I think a company my size would have 75 to 100 normally. And I've always run it. A lot of, a lot of it's been run from my home because I have children. Um, I just had my fifth child between my husband and I. So um, oh, I have a four-month-old baby. And oh even goodness. when I have my other children, it's really important for me to be there for them. So um, it's interesting. So much of what I've done most of my life was on Skype back then. <laughs> so, or, um, or actually ran the entire office from my home for many, many years, either in a guest house or I turned one time, I turned my entire lower level into offices. I mean, I just did what I had to do, you know, and that's what we do as women, especially when we're mothers. There's a lot of ways you can make it happen. I work odd hours. That's how I've kept it lean is I've had to. It's worked out. And how is it that you only have 14 employees when other companies of your size would have 75? What's, what are some secrets you can share? You know, I honestly, I subcontract a lot of things out or I have, you know, services and things that you can, especially in today's technology, like we're learning COVID taught us a lot, didn't it? Well, I've been doing a lot of that all along. So um, not everyone needs to be in an office all the time. Not everyone needs to be full-time employees. Not everyone needs to be as an employee period. Sometimes they can be 1099. So that's how I've done it. You know, I know what I want to accomplish and I build a team around me to help me to achieve that. And I wouldn't be anything without that team. What are some of the types of roles that you've learned that you can subcontract and not have those people full-time? I think a lot of the support, a lot of the marketing support, a lot of the maybe graphic artists, or uh, obviously when we're actually in the manufacturing world, that type of thing can be um, subcontracted out. You don't always have to own every single thing you do. Um, it doesn't mean it's not yours. So I think that people have to understand, you know, as, especially as you're growing and you're trying to balance that growth. So many people immediately think, oh, I need to go buy a warehouse now. And I'm going to go buy, you know, I need to go buy this and I need to own this and I have to do it all myself. And you know what? Sometimes that creates more headaches and nightmares than it's worth. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> because as you grow and you can obtain more and more and more, it doesn't mean that you should. With all of the new product launches that you've had over the past few years, and I know one of your recent launches is going into makeup, can you walk us through what the process is like when you have an idea for a new product line and how do you bring that to life? How long does it take and how have you navigated all of that? It, it's an interesting process. I'm usually working at least two years out. So I'm working on items that are probably 2023 20, right now. But remember, I'm still launching my 2021, so which I started working on in 19. <laughs> so when I have a concept, to me, it's kind of like building a house. When I have a vision, I usually start from that vision and I work backwards. I do everything for about two years. It takes about that long to build a collection and actually bring it to life and get it on the shelf. And so, you know, that, that process is... It's very distinct. You're going to have hiccups usually along the way. 
So um, you have to allow for for that and some of the time, extra time that it may take to to work things out. But um, it's really all about having vision and figuring out how do you get the things in place to create that vision and bring it to life. Like I said, like building a house, you know, you need your plumbers, you need your electricians, you need your your frame builders, you need all of those tradesmen have to come together simultaneously and cohesively to build the end product. And that's basically what I do for hair care and beauty, period. I mean, now I've, you know, stretched into a lot of different things, but I have a very, very distinct vision. I usually drive everyone crazy along the way. I chemists, <laughs> I press them. I press them to create products they've never done, hybrid type products, ingredients in them that maybe, you know, we try and things. Yeah. How do you get inspired and figure out, you know, if you're creating something now for 2024, 2023, how do you know what people are going to want, you know, three years from now, two years from now? You know, it's interesting. I think, I think a lot of what I work on is things that I, I see lacking or things that I think are needed within the industry. And, and obviously trends and creativity is a major part of that as well, because that all changes as we go, you know? So there's um, a combination of creativity, but really I think all of my years of touching and feeling thousands of heads of hair and using thousands of different beauty products, even, you know, skincares and makeups and tools and everything. I mean, I'm a lot of years into this. So, you know, these hands are golden. They touched a lot. And I think that helps a lot. Just really knowing what women need and men. We have he's attend to. <laughs> Last year, we, we all know the stats now. So many women lost jobs because of the pandemic. So many women had to leave the workforce to stay home with their children. And many of these women have turned to starting businesses now. So, for these women who are thinking about starting a product-based business, I know you've already shared a lot of a lot of tips, but are there key things that they should think about before they start a product line? I always say just start so you can just get into it and do it, but what are those key things that they should think about before diving in? Like you said, any type of business, any type of product, anything that you're bringing to the consumer world, maybe it's even a service. I think ultimately um, the beauty about this country is you too can succeed if you basically can bring something to the world that they don't have. So what, how is your product different? How, what are you bringing that is going to really inspire people to want to try it and use it? How are you going to raise the bar? How are you going to possibly make it simpler, make it more appealing? That's the beauty of, of this country is if you can invent something or create something that people want to use, you too can live the American dream. What is the accomplishment that you're most proud of? I think um, the accomplishment that I'm most proud of is being one of the only indie owned, 100% owned, Latina owned, female owned professional hair care brands in the world. That's definitely it. <laughs> And I, honestly, if we're not talking about business, um, I know this is, you know, obviously business focused, but of course, being a mom, <laughs> that's number, number one. <laughs> 
we can definitely talk about that. And we say mama pranista is like entrepreneurista for moms. That's and right, I, I love it. <laughs> I, I have a two-year-old. She just turned two almost two weeks ago now. And you have been a working mama pranista for, for many years now. Any other tips and advice you can share with working moms who are running businesses while trying to take care of little ones? You know what? I think I know that some people discourage that. And I think you have to do what is right for you and good for you because not everyone can just focus on being a mom. Some people feel more fulfilled when they, they have a career and are doing something else as well. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you shouldn't feel bad about that. Because I think that in today's world, there's a lot of ways that you can manage your time in a way that you can still be very much a mother to your children. Um, it's not like sticking them in daycare all day long. You can still be there for them, but yet you can still work and have a business. You can ask for help more. I think that's one of the things that as women, we forget to do asking for help and there's nothing wrong with getting some extra help. Even if I'm working from home, I still have someone here helping me. So, you know, even if it's a, it's a, you know, a grandmother or, you know, an aunt or some family member, or even an occasional neighbor, like, Hey, can you, you want to come over and help out for a couple hours? I mean, especially during COVID, I know that, you know, people were kind of locked in and we all needed to be there to help each other. So um, I think that's a, a big part of it is not being afraid to ask for the help. Such great advice. And it definitely, it does take a village. That is for sure. It does. Yeah, exactly true. Up next, Carolyn shares how she became a master at prioritization and how you can too. Hey, entrepreneurs, Stephanie here. Dressing up while working from home has truly been a challenge, but guess what? I found a solution founded by a fellow entrepreneurista. It's Armoire. You can rent stylish clothes weekly or monthly right from the app. You'll spend less time shopping and you can get up to 50% off of your first month plus two bonus items. Just use the code entrepreneurista at checkout or visit armoire.style forward slash entrepreneurista to claim your offer. Look and feel your best with Armoire. I know I do. That's armoire.style forward slash entrepreneurista. Carolyn, this is a fun new segment we've been doing that you were not prepped for. We do a rapid fire Q&A. So we're going to ask you a few quick questions and you can answer with the first few words that come to your mind. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Describe yourself in three words. Happy, passionate, and persistent. If you could learn what, one new skill, what would it be? To speak Spanish. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Puerto Rican. It's pretty bad. I know. And so, so my mom, my mom is Puerto Rican too. And she didn't teach me Spanish because she used it to tell secrets when I was in the room. So Spanish was like a secret language that she didn't want her daughters to know so that she could communicate without That's funny. them knowing <laughs> what she was saying. Anyway. <laughs> what is your most used emoji when you send a text? Probably a very brown thumbs up. <laughs> What's the app on your phone that you can't live without? Probably is Instagram. 
Yeah, us too. <laughs> yeah, it's fabulous, especially in the beauty world. I mean, we're always posting beautiful things. So, do you have a favorite business solution or tech solution that you've used to grow your business that you could not live without? Any type of solution that I can't live without that I've used to grow my business is networking and people connection. So, that is absolutely crucial. I think that if you have a more introverted personality and you want to be an entrepreneur, you might need to learn how to shift that a little bit and come out of your shell and start talking to people and start connecting with people. And when things get tough in business, that's the first thing I do is I network. I pick up the phone and I start talking to people and asking for help, asking for advice, asking for connections. And it's really, really helped me through a lot of hard times. Not to go off from our rapid fire, but that's how Courtney and I have, have grown our business too, through networking and community and connection, which is why we started our Entrepreneurista League membership community. So everyone can just come together and, and have that sense of community. It is so, so, so important. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. So thank you for letting me be a part of it. Of yeah, course. Yeah. Coincidentally, in the past few weeks, I can't even tell you how many people I've reconnected with from college to my first job out of college, just talking about social fly and and um learning what everyone's been up to for the past 12 years. Awesome. <laughs> it's been it's been great. But again, back to back to our rapid fire questions. Uh, do you have a hidden talent? <laughs> I mean, you know, my main talent obviously has been hair <laughs> and I still do a lot of it. If I'm ever asked to do anything, it's usually, it's usually that. Um, a hidden talent, gosh, one of my best talents that people don't realize that you really, really need to be an entrepreneur is I'm a master at prioritizing. You know, so many people say to me, um, how do you how do you do all that you do? It's interesting because that's a that's a great point. My brother just said to me yesterday on the phone, you know, we're all so proud of you. And it's not what you've accomplished. It's that how do you manage to do all that you do? Because I also am an interior designer and I redo homes. That's my hidden talent. Oh my goodness. I have a few homes I'm remodeling right now, one I'm building. So they just wonder how I do it all. Yeah. Well, now the building a house analogy <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Yes. But now I have to ask, I have to ask a, a deeper question. What are your secrets to prioritizing that we can start using? Yeah. You know, it's funny because obviously I think one of the things that people with minds like mine that are creative is we get overwhelmed and we want to do too much and we don't stay focused. I think that that's definitely part of my talent is that I have the ability to stay focused, stay on point and actually figure out what needs to be done first in order to achieve this ultimate goal. That's not always easy. And when you got a few balls up in the air and, and really figuring out which one to kind of grab first to put the next one up, you know, that's just, it's really, really important in order for you to be able to keep it all flowing and keep it cohesive. I have my final question for you for rapid fire. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? My superpower would be to create the ability uh, for love because that's not something you can ever buy. It's not something that any other human being can ever create. You know, either it's there or it's not. 
And um, I think more people in our world need it. So I would go around zapping everyone. They could be more loving to each other. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we hold up on our Zooms now. Yes, <laughs> I yes. love it. <laughs> what is your favorite way to unwind at the end of a busy day? It's really being with my family. I just love to kind of hang out, whatever it is we feel like doing at that moment. That's my, my favorite way to unwind is just, I mean, we have five kids and two dogs and my husband. And so just being with them and just getting into something. You got a full house there. How old are your kids? We have 20, 18, 16, 14, and four months. Oh my goodness. So, so yeah. sweet. So yes, everyone is very busy, huh? <laughs> yes. very. <laughs> what, what kind of dogs do you have? <laughs> so we have, interesting enough, we have a little Shih Tzu. Oh, that's what I have. Yes. He's, you know, they think they're people. So he's, he's really interesting because we also have an XXL bully. My husband breeds them. He owns that's a, what I have. a company. <laughs> no way. And so we have a very tiny dog and this very huge dog. And my little tiny boy dog is very jealous of the big one. So he usually tries to beat him up. And my big dog is so sweet and just sits there and kind of lets him. <laughs> but, um, so we have, um, quite an array of, of animals here. Yeah, I have a, well, our English bulldog, he's about 50 pounds, but yours must be bigger, right? You said an XL like bulldog? Like 130, and that's oh one of the goodness. smaller ones. Um, yeah. My wow. husband breeds these and sells them all over the world. And he has one that's over 190 pounds. Wow. Yeah, they're massive. Are they on Instagram? I need to see these yes, dogs. <laughs> it's called Titan Bullies. Titan, Titan Bullies, all right. T-I-T-A-N, Bullies, B-U-L-L-Y-S. And oh, are they gorgeous? I mean, he's just got all kinds. All right. I'm going to. That's so funny that you said that, that you have a bulldog wow. and, a, and a shih tzu, because that's what Stephanie and I have. So I'm obsessed, completely obsessed with my little shih tzu. She's nine oh, pounds. Wonderful. But like I said, they think they're people. So if you show the other dog attention, they like get so jealous. It's like, wait a minute, <laughs> pay attention to me. <laughs> Yeah. She's, she's like the most social dog there is so funny. Everyone and everyone in the building knows her. Oh yeah. I mean, doesn't like other dogs, loves people though. Right. Oh but yeah. She doesn't loves like other people. Dogs. Doesn't even, I don't think he thinks he's a dog. That's so funny. Yeah. She's got a, she's got a big personality. Well, anyway, I'm in, I think you're in Miami. So our, our little Shih Tzu should hang out. That's right. <laughs> What would you say is your favorite mantra or quote that defines your work ethic? Gosh, and I have so many. I seriously like spit them out and everyone just rolls their eyes. Here she goes again. <laughs> it's not what you have, it's what you do with what you have. It's definitely one of my. Is there something that you wish you knew when you first started your business that you know now that you would go back and, and tell yourself when you were first starting out? You know, being an entrepreneur doesn't necessarily always get easier. You know, when you're first starting out, I think you have a lot of if onlys, like if only I had this, or if only I just had $10,000 more to do this and do that, or if only I could get this deal, or if only I could get, you know, if only I could create this or whatever it may be. In the beginning, you are constantly doing these if onlys. And I think that over time, you start realizing that some of the hard roller coaster ups and downs within the entrepreneurial world are just part of being an entrepreneur. And so instead of 
always wishing for something to be, understanding what is at the moment and getting through it and deciphering it and possibly even redirecting in that moment is something you learn over time. And so instead of always kind of maybe being in a panic over it or being disappointed over it, really taking it as um, an experience that you learn from, that you grow from, you redirect from, you tend to have that mindset more and become less disappointed when things don't work out as you go on in your entrepreneurial years because everything still can go wrong and everything still can go right. It's just a lot more zeros after it. You know, it doesn't change a whole heck of a lot. It just becomes more grand and you learn not to be as disappointed sometimes and just kind of roll with it. So I was a little more uptight definitely years ago and I probably would try to avoid some of that when you're younger because you have to realize it's all just part of the learning process. Definitely. And finally, Carolyn, what does being an entrepreneurista mean to you? Oh my gosh. I think that, and honestly, I love what you guys are doing. So being an entrepreneurista to me is the Easter part and they use the term fashionista, right? Because you're not just into fashion, you're an Easter about it. So you're looking for the best way to do it. You're looking for the deals. You're looking for the creative aspect to it. You're looking about sharing it. Um, you share it with other women. You're not afraid to share it and, and, and really inspire each other. Tell your secrets and inspire each other. And that's what, that's what it's about to me. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your business secrets and lessons with us. It's been so incredible to learn all about your journey. And we cannot wait to continue to follow you and stay in touch and see all of your new launches and what you do next. Where can everyone find you and follow you? And of course, buy your awesome products. Our main website, it's attendhaircare.com, has the ability to link to all of our brands. We also have our extensions.com, which is EX. Instead of T-E-N, it's one zero shins. We have beaten.com, which is my makeup line. But um, if you actually go on to the main It's a 10 Hair Care website, you can actually connect to all of our different brands from that website. Awesome. And how about on social? Where can everyone find you? Social, um, I'm actually on Instagram. It's a 10 CEO and it's one zero CEO. And that's really the main way that you can connect with me through, through Instagram. And I'd love to offer today um, podcast 25. If you go to it's a 10 haircare.com, you can connect to all of our different platforms and get 25% off anything on all of our websites. So enjoy ladies. Well, I am so excited to, to try your products. I know Courtney has been a, a big It's a 10 product fan for, for many years. So you have now you now have definitely one new customer and I'm sure many new entrepreneurs customers. So thank you so much for, for sharing that code. We will definitely all be checking it out. And thank you again, Carolyn, for sharing your journey and story. Thank you for having me, ladies. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Courtney. And this is the best business meeting we've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entreprenista.com and connect with us on Instagram at entreprenistas. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entreprenista League, our private membership community for trailblazing women. 
you can head over to entreprenista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead. Hey, Entrepreneurs, it's Steph here. Do you want to experience what it's like to be part of our Entrepreneurs League community of founders? Now is your chance. New member open enrollment begins on June 10th, and so does our Experience Week. I really want you to have the opportunity to experience what it's like to be part of the most supportive community that will be here to support you at all stages of your business journey during our Experience Week. This will be a five-day virtual event series, and it starts on Monday, June 10th through Friday, June 14th. You're going to get access to live networking and learning events, business growth strategies, as well as office hours with Kim Corral, who is a CEO and serial entrepreneurista, as well as a prominent angel investor. You will also get access to a session on how to win grants with Kat Weaver and Katie Dunn, founders of Power to Pitch. Plus, our mentor, Carrie Kirpin, will be teaching a session all about how to build a profitable business that can sell for more money. And of course, I'll be hosting two info and networking sessions where you can really get an inside look at all of the exclusive benefits and resources that are offered only inside of our Entrepreneurs League community. Plus, you'll have the chance to meet and build relationships with current members. You can register today for Experience Week over at entreprenista.com forward slash Experience Week. That's entreprenista.com forward slash Experience Week to join us for a week of free virtual events. I cannot wait to meet you and be part of your business journey.